Hello everybody, welcome here. It is Nicole of Sincerely Nicole Rose and today I have another conversation with Megan Victoria, the founder and owner of Vocal Nutrition. Hey Megan. Hi Nicole, lovely to be here. <laughs> so great to have you. So as a nutritionist, we have invited Megan on to speak about food, nutrition, especially during a time where it's it's different for a lot of people. Budgets are a lot smaller. You're at home. Things are very unusual. I know everyone uses the term unprecedented times, but that's kind of where we are. <laughs> so when I thought of who to interview during this time, one of the first people that popped into my head was Megan because you're just amazing. And you're oh, so thank you. very <laughs> passionate with what you do. I couldn't imagine a better person just to ask questions to. Well, thank you so much. It's such an honor and it is my first podcast. <laughs> so I'm very excited. <laughs> awesome. So Megan, why don't you tell everyone who you are and what you do? Okay. So um, like Nicole mentioned, I am a registered dietitian. I am I'm currently working in private practice, running my own practice. And the practice name is Vocal Nutrition. And the whole heart behind um, that name and my heart behind the practice is basically to be a voice of truth in the industry and restore people, um, restore people's peace, basically. So whether you are wanting to lose weight or dealing with a disease or digestive disorder, um, along the journey with me, I would hope that you would feel um, that peace is restored to you, quality of life is restored to you, you feel loved, you feel like it's a safe space and it's a judgment-free zone in my practice. That's what I like. I love to tell people that um, it doesn't matter if you eat all the kale or drink all the Coke, like please <laughs> don't feel like you can't come see me. Um, I do not, I, I hate judging people in this industry because I feel like there is a lot of judgment in the industry and I like to just be, I like basically the change in the industry. So that's a little bit about who I am. Um, like I said, I'm based in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. And what I do want to also say is in this season of lockdown, um, just to advocate for all dietitians, is that we are not on lockdown. Um, we are allowed to legally operate via um, Zoom calls or Skype or telehealth. So if you are needing help in this season, please find a dietitian in your area and reach out and get the help that you need. Sure, that is so good. I didn't know you guys were still allowed to work. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's huge. I'm so I'm so stoked because I've got a, obviously a lot of patients I'm running with at the moment that are like long-term patients. Um, and I've said to them, don't feel like you're alone in this season. Like I'm here for you. You're allowed to do online consultations. We've been released legally to do that. So it's very, very great. Yeah. That is so amazing. So what, what made you want to become a dietitian? What was, what was the journey? Okay. So the funny thing is, is that I actually didn't have this career in mind when I grew up. Um, I always wanted to be a chef. I was a foodie from as young as I can remember. I loved baking and cooking and stuff. Um, and then when I hit about mid-high school biology, um, we started learning about digestive enzymes and a little bit about how the body worked and that just like ignited a new passion in me. And to be quite honest, I still didn't see myself going into a scientific career because I wasn't someone that was, I didn't see myself as like a scientific person. I didn't take science, I didn't take maths. 
So in the worldly view, I was technically unqualified because I didn't have the right subject choice. But um, after matriculating, I unfortunately couldn't um, go to chef school because it was extremely expensive at that stage. Um, so um, I honestly prayed about it. Um, I was forced into taking two gap years due to falling ill after matriculating. And the best thing that came out of there was that the Lord totally redirected me in that season and kind of brought dietetics to the forefront of my mind. And I was like, why, like, what, what is this career? Like, I've been to a dietitian. I don't know much about it. Let me look into it. And in that season of doing a little bit of um, investigation about what actually a dietitian does do for people, I was like, oh, my word, this ties all my passions into one because it's about using food or nutrition as your tool to help people. And it's all about the body and disease states and actually healing people with nutrition. So I feel like the Lord totally knit me together <laughs> for this exact career. So it's literally everything I ever wanted to do in life is tied up in being a dietitian. And that's how I actually came to dietetics. And by God's grace, uh, I got my qualification in 2016. So, yeah. And that is amazing. That is such an exciting story. Yeah, like I hear that. Really like, is, yeah. Just get so excited because like how God put this in you, took you through a journey and made it made this opportunity available to you. Like that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it is incredible because like if I look back to um, how I saw myself in high school and stuff, like I said, I never saw myself ever going into a health science degree or studying in what we call the medical science faculty. Yeah. Um, I, I just never saw myself being um, qualified enough for it, to be honest. And um, something that the Lord really like ministered to me during the degree was that like, even if you're not qualified in something, if he's called you to it, he will qualify you as you take the steps of obedience in it. And I feel like because I was obedient and took the leap of like, okay, Lord, cool. If you call me to this, I'm going to go for it. Um, and he just opened doors. And I mean, if you really want to hear my full testimony, I feel like that will be another podcast. But he really <laughs> showed up in the years of me studying because um, there, there was a lot of seasons where I really needed him to pull me through and a lot of difficulty and challenges that I had to face. And I know that if I wasn't in the Lord, I would not have overcome those things and I actually wouldn't have ended up qualified. So um, I'm just stoked and thankful and just really blessed to be knit together for this exact profession. Sure, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so I have some questions for you from someone who knows very little about the technicalities of eating and nutrition. I mean, I just like food. That's yes. kind of, <laughs> we that's, all do. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of just me. I like food. Okay, so what is nutrition? I don't know if that's too broad. Okay. You can narrow that down because, like, I understand. Yeah. I'll, I'll narrow it down, but I'll make it very basic. Um, so basically, nutrition is the science or the study of um, food and food substances and beverages and the nutrients that they um, contain and how these nutrients actually affect um, the functions in our body. So basically, we get two sets of nutrients that fall under macronutrients and micronutrients. Everybody will know about macronutrients. It's our carbohydrates, our fats, and our proteins. 
everyone will know that after the banting thing. Um, and then we get micronutrients, which is our vitamins and minerals. And then there's also other substances that we sometimes find in foods like um, enzymes and phytonutrients, different chemicals that can also benefit the body and be used in marvelous ways. And basically, as a dietitian, um, we are professionals in nutrition. That is our main, um, it's basically the science that we study. It's the tool that we will use to basically fix you or alter you in any way for the good. So whether it be for weight loss or be for um, disease management, or even if somebody's critically ill and lying in ICU, for example, now with like the COVID-19 outbreak, for the patients that are lying ventilated, that means that they have got a pipe in their actual airway, meaning that they have not got the ability to take food in orally. So us as dietitians would come onto the case and we would then um, use the science of nutrition to um, calculate your energy needs, calculate all your macronutrient needs and your micronutrient needs and put together a regime that we would then, it's basically a formula in like a packet, it's a liquid formula that we would work out how much you need and we would feed you via what we call tube feeding or intravenous feeding. So either you get like a nasogastric tube inserted through the nose into the stomach or you can get different ports along the abdomen into the intestines or you'll get intravenous feeding through veins or um, peripheral arteries and stuff. So there's a lot behind being a dietitian we're not just weight loss but it is something we love and we do enjoy doing we're not just about diabetes but again we love helping people with it so i think that's something that i also want to get across to people is that um, even people that are looking to study dietetics like please investigate it it's way more clinical and medical and amazing than i think a lot of people understand so nutrition is a wonderful science for everybody to learn about this is amazing. I feel like I've learned so much just from listening to that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so why, why does it matter for someone who'd be listening and would be thinking, okay, mm -hmm. cool, that's great, but why does it matter? Okay. So like I said, um, nutrition is how it's the study of how food substances, things that food contain in it affect our body. So that I'm sure everybody has heard the quote that food is our fuel. And that is one of the truest things that I don't know who said it, but whoever said it, it's one of the truest things that they've ever said. Because basically our bodies rely on the nutrients that we take in through our food and beverages to basically function. So um, you can understand that if your overall nutritional intake or your daily diet is a diet that's... Um, very rich in things that are ultra processed or very sugary or starch based, but not very nutrient based. So let's say, for example, I don't want to bash anything, but say you drink a lot of Coke and you eat a lot of like packets of chips and biscuits and stuff. Um, and you're not eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and lean proteins and whole grains. Your nutritional status is not going to be a good one. So your overall health status is not going to be a good health status. And that, in the long term, can actually lead to the development of different diseases and also things like deficiencies. People don't realize how sick you can feel from actually getting a deficiency of a certain mineral or a certain vitamin. So I think the common one that everyone knows, is, um, and it's very common in women, is to be deficient in iron. And um, you would end up with iron deficient anemia. And that you would get very fatigued from. But a lot of people don't understand the actual science behind what is going on in your body. 
um, because of the lack of iron. There's a lack of a substance called hemoglobin in the blood, which carries oxygen in the blood. So ultimately, because you don't have enough iron, your body's not carrying enough oxygen around its whole body. And that's why you get so exhausted. So to just give a little bit of background understanding to anybody that's listening is that um, I think nutrition is so much more powerful than a lot of people understand. And it's nobody's fault that the general public doesn't understand this. I feel like we just need to be more vocal about the basics, like explaining and educating the background to things like iron deficient anemia, because often we'll get diagnosed with these things and we get a tablet and then we walk away and we don't actually know what's going on in our body. But I feel like if we're more informed, we will actually, at the end of the day, make better choices because we actually understand what we are doing to our bodies with the use of nutrition. So I hope that answers that. <laughs> That's amazing. My next question was going to be, is it really that important? But oh. <laughs> yes, I feel like answered that. So, yes, no, it, it absolutely is important. Yeah. Yeah. So like the next thing I wanted to ask is, can I be healthy on a tight budget? Do I, do I need to be eating whole expensive foods or is there a way to be healthy? Because I know like the, the very healthy lifestyle often gets, it gets relegated into this category of you can only do this if you're in this, yeah. bu- this budget or this is how much you're earning But I feel like you're going to tell us that that's not so. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this is something that uh, a lot of health professionals will face in their practices of patients. um, It's a slight misconception. Like there are um, obviously health products and food products that can be more expensive. For example, like salmon. Um, Us in South Africa, we don't have sources of salmon, so all our salmon is imported. So salmon is a very nutrient-dense fish to eat. And yes, it would be great if we could have it in our diets, but it's going to be expensive. But overall, we can totally be healthy on a tight budget um, and walk out of a grocery shop, just have been making smaller uh, choices that actually will have a greater ripple effect in the long run. Going something to basic like the bread that you buy. Um, lots of people will eat white bread. And if you just simply choose brown or whole wheat bread, you are getting so many more nutrients from that slice of bread than you would from the white bread. Or doing things like um, if you, especially in this season where um, budget is really an issue for a lot of people, um, a lot of people won't be able to afford to eat as many animal-based proteins, so like your mince meats or your chickens or your steaks and stew meats and stuff. And the best alternative to that is actually to do plant-based proteins, and that's in the form of things like legumes, beans, lentils, chickpeas. And it's very unfamiliar to a lot of households to eat these things, but you can actually buy, for example, half the portion of mince meat you would normally buy because that will make it more affordable and then substitute in the rest of the weight with something like lentils. So if you're making, for example, um, cottage pie, you can cook your mince as normal, boil your lentils up on the side and add them in. And trust me, they adopt the flavor of food so beautifully. You won't even know that they're there. And overall, the nutrient profile that's coming from that lentil is so good for your system. So there's there's these wonderful things that you can actually do on a budget to basically make healthy eating more affordable. But yes, there are items that are more expensive. Like you will get these heavily seeded protein bars that are like 20 rand a bar. 
Do yeah. we need them? Not necessarily. Yeah. We can get those nutrients in a different way. Um, people Sometimes I'll say to people, granola is such a great breakfast option. I'll say, but it's so expensive. So I'm like, well, then make your own. Um, it's very easy to make your own granola. Like take some oats, get a seed mix, throw in some dried fruit that you enjoy, a little bit of honey um, and bake it in the oven and crush it up. That's what granola is. You don't have to have the like almonds and cashew nuts and coconut flakes and etc etc in your granola mix you can ultimately manipulate it to what is affordable for you in the season that you're in um so those are the types of things that you would actually learn from seeing a dietitian and i think people might not understand that we're not all about meal plans like everybody that finds out i'm a dietitian they're like "Ooh, can i have a meal plan and i'm like if you come see me as a patient you can maybe we'll get there but at the end of the day that's for me personally um, I love doing meal plans for people. It's awesome to journey with people in that regard. But sometimes the best place to start is basic education, like I'm doing now. I'm basically teaching you, like, what are the healthier options on a budget? And the things that I've mentioned aren't extremely expensive. I mean, lentils, dried lentils, dried beans, dried chickpeas, those things are extremely cheap in a dried form. Oh, um, like it just takes a little bit more effort. Sorry, what did you say? They're like 10 rand a packet. Yeah, and they, the, you must remember, they bulk up when you cook them. So a cup of lentils goes a long way because they literally rehydrate themselves in the water. Yep. Um, so these are the things that people can do to eat healthy. And I think um, in the world right now, um, even before lockdown, there was a lot of what I like to call nutritional noise. So a lot of people um, blasting things on social media about you should eat this way or only, only eating this or that is healthy, um, you know, and that's where I think the misconception of eating healthy is expensive because there's a lot of stuff that people do advocate for that are healthy foods, but they're almost magnifying them as if they are the only healthy foods and yeah. people think that, oh, that's, that's what I've got to eat in order to be healthy. No, it's, it's as simple as going back to your basics and um, even things like just getting more fruits and vegetables into your daily diet. Um, and in this season, I think people are very concerned about budget and stuff. So they some people believe that um, the misbelief that frozen vegetables aren't as healthy as fresh ones. And that's totally not true. They are just as healthy. They've preserved all the nutrients. So you can totally buy frozen veggies if you can't get fresh ones. Um, I encourage people to look across the shops because there are a lot of specials running at the moment with um, like a deal of four for a hundred or five for 125, where they'll give you pockets of things. So like pockets of potatoes and gem squashies and tomatoes and carrots and butternut. There's a lot of shops running those specials right now. And those are the things I would encourage um, anybody that is my client and anyone else to actually invest in in this season. Because a lot of those things can be stored on the shelf long term. And some of them, you can actually tweak them and store them in a frozen version. So like in our household, we will buy the pocket of onions and tomatoes, not because we eat all of that all in one go, but because we actually we actually cook it down into our own tomato and onion mix and freeze it in little bags. So we don't have to buy tin tomato and onion mix because we use that a lot. Um, so there's all these things. I feel like all it takes is just a little bit of um, information of understanding what to choose and what to do with it and actually the effort of doing what you need to do to actually save the money long term. So that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That's a latte. I feel like I wish I brought a notepad to this interview. Like, this is amazing. Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm glad you're learning something. That's the goal. (laughs) So I didn't know that frozen vegetables has the same, like, value as fresh vegetables. I've always thought, like, I'd never go there. And I always try and buy everything fresh because in my mind, they're just not the same. Yeah, no, everyone feels that. And I, I actually understand it because you, you see it as a packaged product because yeah. it's not in its whole form or it's not like just diced butternut or something. So you're like, there must have been processing in it. But when it's um, things that are like those packet veggies that doesn't specify like it's a cream spinach or a sweet potato with added sugar and stuff, there are those versions. But the general packets of just mixed vegetables or whole vegetables that are frozen, they've literally been cut and uh, washed and then they do like flash freezing so it's an ultra fast freezing so it locks all the nutrients in the only thing with frozen vegetables is because they are frozen they do hold a lot of water so when it comes to your cooking method i always recommend that you don't overcook them because then you will lose a little bit of nutrients in the water but you would get that from a fresh vegetable as well so for example broccoli frozen broccoli and uh, fresh broccoli if you cook it too long in water, you'll see the water actually starts turning green and that's where a lot of your vitamins are actually sitting. So quick quick boiling, stir frying, steaming, roasting, those are the better methods that you can use to preserve the nutrient profile of the actual food item. Or throwing it into a soup or a stew because then all that all those nutrients are sitting in the actual fluid of that meal. So yeah. That's amazing. So what I want to ask is, does eating well help our immune systems? Okay. So this is a huge topic. <laughs> our immune system is a very complex system. As it states, it calls itself a system. It's a network across our body. There are different locations in the body where our immune system functions in different ways. Um, some sites more than other. Like, for example, a lot of people don't know that um, roughly 70% of our immune system actually sits in our digestive system. People are blown away when they hear that because they're like, how is that possible? But that actually is where it is sitting, majority of it, which is incredible. Um, and basically, our nutrient intake, so things like vitamins and minerals, are the substances that will support immune function. And to put it, I don't want to go into detail because it will take, it will go very scientific, but basically, these nutrients support either the production of immune cells or the function of these immune cells, or they'll act as antioxidant agents. And to explain antioxidants, everybody hears about antioxidants and how we all need antioxidants, and it is true, but nobody really understands what what does an antioxidant do. So an antioxidant, for example, vitamin C will act as an antioxidant in the body, and that will protect us from what we call oxidizing agents. So things that come into the body and they actually want to um, destroy cells or tissues or cause a mutation on tissues, you'll often hear that linked to cancer development, but it's not just linked to cancer development. It's a link to a lot of other diseases as well. But basically, an antioxidant item like vitamin C or zinc is also one. Yeah. They will come and they'll yeah. actually, it's really, it's actually really sweet because I see it in a very animated version. They'll come, the vitamin C will come and sacrifice itself <laughs> and actually lose a specific molecule and give it to the oxidizing agent in order to stop that little substance from damaging our bodies. So the immune system is 
highly complex. I feel like if you really want to talk about it, you can do a series with like doctors and a nurse and immunologists and virologists and stuff and get into it. But um, basically, nutrition overall supports every single system in our body. It, like I said, food is our fuel. So one of those systems is our immune system. So what we are taking in is definitely going to affect how strong our immune system is. But I also want to mention that food is not the only factor that affects our immune system. Things like lack of sleep can weaken the immune system or poor sleep, um, stressful environments, taking on environmental stresses like smoking and um, excessive alcohol consumption, which is most likely why the nation has um, cut off alcohol supply and the, the selling of cigarettes as well, because it actually does affect the immune system. So there's a lot of aspects to keeping our immune system healthy but nutrition is a very, very vital one. So overall, your overall well-being, like your, your lifestyle every day, should be one that promotes your immune system being as strong as possible, especially in the season of COVID-19. Yeah, I love that you always bring it back to that it's holistic. Yes, very much so. It's, it's actually, I think the thing that people must also understand is that um, through the years, I feel like the world is in the space of we've got to do better. We've got to discover something new. We've got to do it differently. And when it comes to looking after our bodies, it's very basic. We need good sleep. That's, that's straightforward. We don't need anything to manipulate our sleep. It's, it's so important for our mental health. Yeah. We need to eat well. We need to eat real food um, and enough of it and not too much of it. Um, we need to move. We need to exercise to keep uh, our immune system strong, to keep our muscles supple, to also for mental relief of stress and anxiety. It's very basic. Um, the steps to looking after yourself is very, it's actually very basic. And I feel like at times, because there are so many voices in the industry, and I'm, I'm not knocking anybody because I, I love people being vocal, but there's so many voices saying, do this, not that and so many people contradicting each other that I think people in general get so overwhelmed about what actually do we do to look after ourselves that they just go, it's too much, the pressure's too much, I'm not going to do anything because the, the expectation is just too large to be perfect in a sense that it actually paralyzes them in that space. And those are the people that if you are listening today and you are feeling overwhelmed or like you don't know what to do, please know it's as simple as sleeping well, moving a little bit every day, no matter what that looks like to you. You don't have to do 20 burpees. You can walk around your garden. You can do 10 sit-ups. Like, you, you don't even have to do 10. You know, you just got to move a little, stretch a little, you know. Drink water. Stay hydrated, you know. I think of it like um, with the zero-waste um, movement that's happening at the moment, one of their big statements is, we don't need everybody doing it perfectly. We need a whole lot of yes. people doing what they can when they can. Absolutely. I so agree with that. It's something I, especially in this season, like I've just, I've actually, I've had such a huge concern for how people are coping in this season because um, I've seen a lot of health professionals going at it on social media saying, you better not be snacking and you better not be eating chocolate and you better move every day. Like there's been a, almost like, there's been a slight condemning voice in social media that I've been very concerned about. And my answer to that is, you know, perfect or perfection is actually in my mind a swear word because it doesn't exist. 
And yeah. in like to, perfection paralyzes people. Like I said, if you've got to try and aim to get the perfect body, that goal feels so unattainable because technically the perfect body doesn't actually exist. Half the bodies we see on magazines are so heavily photoshopped and tweaked and stuff. They don't actually, if you, if they were real life and look like, if they really look like that in real life, they'd look super awkward and uncomfortable and be very, very weak, you know? So I think that's something that I want to encourage people with is don't aim for perfection. Do what suits you, like use basic guidelines and make your own little goals. Like, if you want to lose two kgs, then make daily little habits that suit you, suit your budget, suit your lifestyle, suit your health status, suit your fitness level, that will challenge you a little bit in order to reach that goal. But don't aim for perfection because perfection will paralyze you. Yeah. Look, that's so encouraging. And it's such, it's such <laughs> a point, isn't it? Like, that applies to all yeah. of life. Yeah, totally. I think anything in life... Um, I mean, being a dietitian, I'm not trying to be a perfect dietitian. I mean, we all wish we could be, but I'm not a perfect dietitian. And I, you know what? I never will be. But am I trying to the, be the best that I can be? Absolutely. And even in saying that, part of me being the best dietitian to you is sometimes referring you to someone else because it's out of my scope what you've got and what you're dealing with. And that's me giving you the best service. So it's something that uh, I've, I mean, I've, got the mentality recently but I've always practiced this in my own mind is just yeah. release yourself of the pressure of perfection because um, especially when it comes to um, your dietary intake that's where people really struggle because they feel like I can't be healthy because I can't afford to have almond flour and almond milk and you know a bucket load of dates every day yeah. no that's not the only form yeah. of healthy there's so many other ways you can be healthy and actually excessive excessive consumption of healthy foods is actually not healthy so everything in moderation is important Yo, that's so good so i wanted to ask I, one of the questions i wanted to ask was what advice do you have for people during lockdown but i think we've gone all the way through that topic we've nailed that i think but one thing i will say is if I can say anything to people in lockdown, um, just a one-liner is just work with what you've got, yeah. whether that be your budget, your time, your stress level, your amount of sleep you're getting. A lot of people are saying, you've got all this time, like you should be so productive. Yeah. And um, a scientist I follow, Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's absolutely incredible. She's a neuroscientist. She's a big advocate for mental health. Yeah. She put a, a post out the other day and she wrote a quote that said, this is not a, product, a productivity contest. This is a pandemic. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but what a relief to hear that because I feel like some people, yes, have got more time on their hands and, you know, thankfully are taking a breath and a moment to rest and rejuvenate their bodies and yeah. look after themselves. Whereas other people are actually under way more pressure than they were before because now they are working from home. They might be parents with kids that they are now homeschooling as well. Their income might have been cut or some people aren't even getting an income. So my overall thing is work with what you've got in the season. If your budget is affected and you've got health goals or health needs specifically that diet can impact, then get in touch with a dietitian see how they can help you make smart choices that are more affordable in the season, but release yourself of the pressure to be perfect in the season. I think that's something everybody needs to hear. 
it's so true. Like I want to read, it's a quote very similar. I put it on my Instagram story the other day. If you don't come okay. out of this quarantine with a new skill, your side hustle started and more knowledge, you never lack time, you lack discipline. And then there's a big line through that. And it says you are doing just fine. We're all going through a collective traumatic experience. Not everyone has the privilege of turning a pandemic into something fun or productive. Yes, thank you. I would high five you if I could. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think that, oh, that applies to so much of what we've spoken about today that it's the best way to be okay is to make those small small steps where you can going for a walk. Um mm maybe when you're snacking go for what you have like yeah you know you i mean even in your snacking you can be you can make better choices like i'll give a, a freebie a good snack is homemade popcorn everybody wants chips and crunch and flavor make it yourself make sure you're not making it too oily don't over salt it so that you're not retaining any water from taking in too much sodium but that's a great snack because it's actually healthy it's full of fiber so it feeds all your good gut bacteria it regulates your blood sugar it helps to keep your tummy working well so overall that is actually a good snack so your snacks i mean in the season do snack i actually recommend snacking but snack in a smart way if you can and use what you've got so popcorn kernels are actually very affordable i think they're like eight or nine rand for quite a big packet these days so my um, advice to people is just when you go to the shop don't buy the popcorn that's in the chip aisle they they price it up there like it's two or three rand more oh. you go to the lentils and the dried beans i got caught doing this so many times they put the most expensive popcorn there so, oh my goodness, it's so good to know. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, I eat a lot of popcorn. I love chips. Like if I could live with chips, I would. So I deal with yeah. like constant craving by eating a lot of popcorn. Yes. Oh, it's, that's awesome. Well, well done. You're doing a good thing. And thank you for the tip. I didn't know it was cheaper. <laughs> guys, if, when you're buying popcorn, you go to the dried beans. You don't buy them in the yes. chip aisle. The chip aisle has the most expensive brand, which is generally 13 to 15 rand. Go to the dried beans aisle and you can find the cheap, cheap bags, which some go for eight, nine, ten rand, and they all pop yeah. the same. I've done the expensive kernels, yeah. the cheap kernels, and they all pop the same. Oh, that's awesome. It's good <laughs> to know. I'm going to tell all my patients. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't awesome. even realize there was a price difference until I went shopping with my, one of my housemates who used to live on a very tight budget. And I just went and I was yeah. picking up like three bags of the expensive stuff, and she was like, you are wasting so much money. And she took me and showed me the price difference. I was like, I'm shook. It's such That's a good market technique on like spas and like, yeah. it's brilliant. But if we know better, it's literally an extra few meters to save rands that will work themselves into other things. Yes. Oh man. That's brilliant. I'm, I'm so impressed. Like I didn't even know that I'm going to be more savvy now when I go shopping. <laughs> yeah. I've learned that along. Like I used to go to, I ate very healthy at a stage and I'd go and like, I'd buy the artisan lentils and all that. And eventually like yeah. they came to me and they were like, you're buying like the nature's brand, which is like 30 bucks more. You can, you can get that for yeah. 10 grand. And I was like, yeah, what am I doing with my money? 
Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's amazing. It's it's actually all a marketing thing. There's branding involved. Like that's why I I I mean now even learning about the popcorn, I try to be very savvy when I shop. And I'm someone that loves catalogs. So as soon as like checkers and pick and pay and wherever release their catalogs, I go and hunt their catalogs for the specials and what is on special and check the price difference and stuff. And I mean, I think also something that's a misconception is a lot of people think that like no name brands are tainted from certain shops and they're actually not. The quality is actually awesome in a lot of the no name brands. So I encourage people to even if you if you can't afford a branded item of some food product that I'm encouraging you to eat, I'll say go try the no name brand. Like they are just as good. The quality is right there. It's, sometimes they are even made in the same factory and then just different labels are put onto them. Yeah. So there's rare cases that that happens. But you got to be savvy. You got to know the specials, especially in this season. And yeah. I know that there are some food stores that are actually dropping prices of staples. Um, because they understand people are under a lot of economic pressure. Um, so that's amazing that we actually have got um, food retailers in South Africa that are willing to actually accommodate our population in the season of stress because it is a hectically unprecedented time, <laughs> as the news is saying. Every day they use that term. I feel like it's like hashtag unprecedented. I know, <laughs> this new right? hashtag. It's like, yeah. it's the name now. Like, every time yeah. I on a podcast i even listened to a podcaster who the other day was just like i'm not going to use the term unprecedented times because i'm just so sick of hearing it <laughs> she i know i was going to say today but i was like no megan <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh goodness this has been such an amazing conversation oh man i really loved it thank you so much you're Thank you. I feel like this has been so valuable for everyone who now has a bit more time to listen to things. And we all have questions. I don't think many of us have been stuck at home with tight budgets like this. And I know we're supposed to say safe at home, but it can't, you can feel a bit stuck sometimes. So yeah, I really, I'm so excited to see what a resource this interview is going to be. And this conversation is going to be for people who have those questions and they don't know where to go. Yes, absolutely. And something that I like want to say is that in the beginning of this whole pandemic, when lockdown started, because of the voices I was seeing um, through health professionals on social media, I actually completely went silent on my social media pages um, because I didn't want to be part of that voice initially because I didn't agree with the trend of the voice, yeah. basically. Um, but now, um, even you asked me to do this podcast and stuff, I was like, oh, I'm a bit wary of like what, because my stance is very different to a lot of other health professional stances. And I was like, I don't really want to go and oppose anyone. But then I thought, actually, I'm advocating for the well-being of so many people that will listen to this. And it's actually encouraged me. I'm going like, maybe I need to start up some posts again and put some of the stuff I've said on this podcast in a post form for people, some practical yeah. tips and ideas and, you know, just like inform people again, like I used to. So even your platform and you asking me to be on here today has encouraged and inspired me to actually take a stance again and be vocal and actually own my name of vocal nutrition again. So thank you because you've actually instilled so much courage in me to actually just be a voice of truth in the industry and help people and reach people in this time when so many people are overwhelmed by, by this pandemic. 
thank you. Like that encourages me so much. I spend a lot of time thinking about the people I want to interview. I know it might not look like it, but I don't just phone my best friend and be like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? I'm actually like, yeah. who can I interview that would be encouraging, informative? And I feel so encouraged after this conversation because you awesome. just shared, like, I get discouraged often. I'm like, man, it makes no difference. I should just eat chips all the time. And then hearing this, being <laughs> reminded that it's, there are simple ways to make good and better decisions. And it's not about making the best decision. It's just about making better decisions. Yeah. yeah. Small, small actions, they say. Little small actions and little habits every day will accumulate to a better lifestyle. Yeah. And um, if, if you want any sort of foundational quote that I absolutely love quoting because there's so much meatiness in it, um, a, a writer called Michael Pollan, he did a, a large um, investigation into eating foods and plant-based, and he's got a few documentaries out. He's really wonderful, and what he's done is amazing. And his quote that I love is, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And that totally sums it up. Eat food, meaning eat real food, not ultra-processed, packaged, labeled stuff that you don't even understand what's in the food. Just eat real food. Um, don't eat too much. Even too much of a good thing can be bad. And mostly plants, taking us back, fruits and vegetables, seeds, nuts, whole grains, all those types of things. So if anybody wants any sort of advice from today, rest on that quote. And when you go shopping, keep that in the back of your mind. And I always also say to my patients, um, you must eat smart, not less necessarily. So make those smart choices like I said, the brown or the whole grain bread versus the white bread or whole wheat pasta or brown rice instead of white rice. There's so many things that you can do to actually be healthy in the season and on a budget. And just, I think it's important to overall look after your body, especially now with the COVID-19 out there. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Like, I really appreciate this conversation and how informative and how much value you've given to people. It's amazing. Oh, it's awesome. Thank you so much for asking me to be on here, for giving me the opportunity to have my first podcast session <laughs> and just yeah, be a voice of truth in the industry. I'm really appreciative of this platform. And well done for having a podcast series. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. This is like a dream come true for me. That's awesome. Keep so, chasing it. <laughs> thank you. So as we end, I just want to let everyone know that I'm linking vocal nutrition down in the, um, in the description. So if you are from PE and you are looking for a dietitian, you can find her. <laughs> get in touch. <laughs> Literally get in touch. Um, so <laughs> I think we're going to end there. This has been amazing. Awesome.